Well, good morning. Amen. What an awesome day it is. What a beautiful day it is. To God be the glory. I thank God for being here. I've been awaiting this day with great anticipation to come back on the campus of Truett Theological Seminary where God did a work in my life many years ago. I can't believe how long it's been. Time gets away. But I am excited to be here that I, I walked these walls um, from 2000 to 2005 and the hallways. And when I started, um, we were at First Baptist um, meeting there. And then this edifice was built, this building uh, campus was built and God blessed. And I'm just thankful to be back. I'm excited and thank God for um, Dr. Steele and for uh, Dr. Jamal Dominique Hopkins, uh, for your leadership, and Arnell Woods. Y'all, I wish I had time to tell you the story, but I've known Arnell since she was this high and would spend many nights in my house. So I'm so proud to see the leadership that she's exhibiting in the call of life, call of God on her life. And to the staff and to the dean's office and everyone, to all of the students here and to the Truett Black Seminarians Association, thank you, thank you, thank you for allowing me this opportunity to come and to Pastor McClendon. Good to see you and uh, be led in worship by you. Let's get right into the word, amen? Can we pray? Father, we thank you, we give you glory and we magnify you, Lord, for this opportunity to once again be used in your service. I thank God for Truett Theological Seminary. I thank God this was the place that affirmed the calling that you have on, had on, have on my life, God. I thank you for the growth, the nurturing, the support, the encouragement that I received here. Now, God, prepare our hearts to receive your word. Open our eyes that we might see. Open our ears, God. Give us spiritual hearing. Open our mind, God. Help us to understand. But most of all, God, open our hearts that we will be receptive to what you have for us on today. We thank you, we bless you, and may you be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, I also wanna acknowledge my friends that drove from Dallas with me, Cheryl Wesley and Nicole Green, thank you for your presence as well. I'm gonna ask if you will, if you would turn to Colossians, the first chapter beginning at verse nine. Yes, we can stand for the word, that'd be fine. <clears throat> Colossians, the first chapter beginning at verse 9. And I'm reading um, from the King James Version. For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long suffering with joy. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. Praise be to God for his word. You may be seated. 
I'm going to speak for the next few minutes from the topic of prayer blessing, a prayer blessing. I can remember as a young girl, a little girl, uh, my grandmother, my maternal grandmother, had nine children. Those nine children lived in three states, in Illinois, Ohio, and Indiana. After my grandfather died, my grandmother sold her house, packed up her belongings in one suitcase, and spent the remaining of her life, and she lived to be 101, she spent the remaining, of, uh, the remaining parts of her life going from state to state, staying with each of her children for about four months. And then she'd go to the next state and she'd stay about four, three or four months and go to the next state. The advantage of that was that we as her grandchildren got to spend time and grow up with my grandmother and she had over 50 grandchildren. And we all got to, for the most of, most of us, got to spend some time with my grandmother. But I remember in the wee hours of the night and early morning, I would wake up, awaken to my grandmother's prayers. I would hear her as she, she uh, was lying in the bed next to me and I'd hear her whispering prayers. And although I could not understand Arnell, everything that she was saying in those prayers, I could only imagine that she was praying for her children. She was praying for her children's children and generations to come. And how many of you know that prayers do not have an expiration date, right? So I know to this day, I am living on the prayers of my grandmother. I know that the call of God on my life and being able to walk out what God has purposed and planned for my life is highly due to the prayers that my grandmother prayed for me. Well, here in Colossians, the first chapter, beginning at verse nine, as we know, Paul is writing this letter to the people of Colossae, he's writing to the Colossians and he's writing from prison. But in this letter, he's all, he also includes this prayer for them. He compliments their faith and their love for the saints and he lets them know that he had received a favorable report regarding them from a fellow servant and minister of the gospel. Paul is writing to affirm them in their faith, and he's also writing to expound on the doctrine of supremacy and all sufficiency of God. For Paul recognized there was a threat of theological heresy creeping into the church. There were some within the church that introduced a new doctrine which exalted knowledge above anything else. This special knowledge was a mixture of Judaism and paganism and it minimized the omniscience, the all-knowing of God. I just love Paul because Paul was a true disciple maker. And if you know me, you know I have a passion for discipleship. And, and, and Paul had a heart and a love for people. He not only wanted to see people believe in Christ, but he also desired to see them grow up in Christ. But Paul is writing this prayer blessing to them, if you will. And <clears throat> there are four things areas that he covers in this prayer. First of all, Paul says, I'm praying for God's revelation. I'm praying for God's revelation. He said, I'm praying that you will be filled with the knowledge of God's will. He says, I'm praying 
that God, who is all-knowing, all-seeing, all-powerful, will reveal himself to you in such a way that you will be filled with his will and his knowledge. You know, we serve a God who is omniscient. He knows all things. There is nothing that God does not know. He knows the very number of hairs that's on your head. He knows the end before the beginning. Psalms 147 and 5 says, Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding has no limit. We know that God is all-knowing. And Paul says, I'm praying that you will be filled with his knowledge that you will be filled with his knowledge, uh, uh, the knowledge of his will, filled, fully supplied, brimming, overflowing, abounding with his will, his desires, his plan, his ways, his character, his thought. Paul says, I'm praying that you will be filled with the knowledge of his will. And Paul clarifies how this is to come about. He says, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. See, we must create an environment in our lives that opens the door and the opportunity for us to be filled with the wisdom and understanding, spiritual knowledge of God. I love real plants. And uh, I have several plants in my home, but I've learned that in order for plants to thrive and to survive, there must be an environment conducive for their growth, which involves watering them and sunlight, watering them and sunlight. So here Paul is saying to create an environment in your life where you will be filled with the knowledge of his will, you must have wisdom and understanding that we must seek his wisdom and his understanding. Proverbs 4 and 7 says, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom and with all thy getting, get understanding. So students, it is my prayer for you today that in all of your getting and, and education and all that you are uh, uh, undergoing here at Truett, that in the midst of all of the knowledge that you are gaining, that you will gain the will, the, the, the praying that you will be filled with the knowledge of God's will. That as you grow in him, as you gain wisdom and understanding, that he who reveals himself to you, to us, will do so in your life. So, so Paul says, I'm praying for God's revelation that, that, you, that he will reveal more and more of himself to you. But then he says, I'm praying for your transformation. He says in verse 10, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, that you may please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good Work. He says, I'm praying for your transformation. Yes, he says, I'm not praying for you to just get education. Yeah, to come and to learn about God, that is education. He says, but I want you to experience God. 
I don't want you to walk these halls here at Truett to come and get more and more information to learn about the old theologians of, of times and to learn more uh, about how to study the Bible and get the tools to go deeper in the word of God. That's knowledge, that's education, but I want you to experience transformation. I want to do a work in your heart. I want to do a work in your life. I want you to walk like me and talk like me and look like me and sound like me and impact the world like me. He says, I want you to walk worthy of the Lord. Now, walking worthy, when we see walking in the Bible, the Bible speaks of walking with the Lord. It speaks of a long-term relationship. Y'all, this is not a sprint. This is a marathon. We are in this for the long haul. Uh, one of the commands that God gave to Abraham was to walk before me and be blameless. It was said of Enoch that Enoch walked with God. And God speaks to the Israelites in Deuteronomy 8 and 6. He says, you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God, walking in his ways and fearing him. So when we talk about walking with God, we're talking about being in relation with relationship with him over the long haul. Uh, uh, it's just that I, I, I can't quit, let me tell you. You can't quit this thing, and there's been times that I've wanted to. You cannot quit this thing. One of the things I've discovered is that you can't quit because you didn't volunteer. None of us could probably say we signed up for this. And so Paul is uh, saying that you've got to have a long-term relationship with God. I, he says, I'm praying that you will live a life that is consistent over time, that represents God so well that he's pleased in every way in every aspect of your life. See, what we're doing and what we're called to do, y'all, is not for show and tell. You remember show and tell in school, right? When you bring something and you, it was just for show and to tell about it. And then it went back home and it went back into a closet or wherever you, you kept whatever that thing was that you brought. But it was just to show and tell. Maybe, maybe if you were good, you might could touch it. But it wasn't to be, uh, uh, be long-term. It was just for show and tell. I'm reminded uh, of a story, uh, uh, well, of a, a, a while back on the Merv Griffin show, there was a guest, there was a bodybuilder on the show. Y'all, how many of you have heard of Merv Griffin, right? But on his show, uh, there was this bodybuilder that was there, and Merv asked, uh, why do you develop these particular muscles? And the bodybuilder stepped forward and he began to flex his muscles and show his well-defined physique his ch from chest to calf. And the audience just applauded and applauded. And then Merv said, but, but, but what are these muscles for? What, what are they for? So again, this muscular specimen, specimen of a man flexed his biceps and his triceps and he sprouted in, in, uh, in proportions, in impressive proportions. And Merv said once again, he said, but what do you use these muscles for? Merv persisted. The bodybuilder was bewildered. He didn't have an answer for all he knew is that he had developed these muscles. He had developed this body to be seen. 
And how many of you know that what we do, we are not called to do it to be seen? We, we are not in ministry. We are not called to this. We, we are not followers of Christ to just be seen. All of the study of the word and prayer and the reading of the books and listening to Christian radio and tapes is, is not just to be observed and admired. Uh, uh, all of the, the heartache and the pain, the driving back and forth, it, it, there is a purpose in what God is doing. He, it is meant to strengthen our ability, the ability to build the kingdom of God, not simply to improve our pose for an admiring, applauding audience. God has called us to roll up our sleeves and to serve him in whatever way. I remember as I was getting ready to graduate from Truett, I made an appointment to see Dr. Hewlett Glower. I went in Dr. Glower's office and our tears were streaming down my eyes. And he said, Wanda, what's wrong? Are you okay? I said, Dr. Glower, I said, I've been here for Four years, I can't remember if I was here four or five years. I was here a long time. I said, now I'm getting ready to graduate. And I said, I don't know what God is going to call me to do. I don't know where he's going to take me. And that scares me. For these four or five years I've been here and this has been my safe place. I knew every day, every week, where I was going, what classes I would be sitting in, what I would be studying, what speakers I would hear, what day I had a uh, 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 chapel. I, I knew this was my safe place, this was my haven, but now I was getting ready to graduate. And I knew that God might call me to go to Africa. He could call me to go uh, uh, to the homeless. I didn't know what God was going to do and that scared me. But here's the thing. I knew that I had a call on my life. And here Paul says to the Colossians, he says that you, uh, uh, I pray for your transformation that you will bear fruit in every good work. And when we think about bearing fruit, there's two aspects of bearing fruit. There's the reproductive aspect. We know that we should be bringing people into the kingdom of God, that we should be sharing the gospel and reproducing ourselves. Matthew 28 and 19 tells us to go and make disciples. We should always be reproducing. But then there's also the transformative aspect of uh, bearing fruit and that we are to exemplify the fruit of the spirit that we are to be love and joy peace long suffering gentleness goodness faith meekness temperance against such things there is no law so we are to bear fruit in every good work that is our service in the kingdom and to the world because you know what we don't work to get saved but we work because we are saved Paul tells us for by grace we are saved through faith and not of ourselves it is a gift of God so we don't work to attain salvation but once we are saved we are called to work 
We are called to work. Even so, if it hath not works, it is dead being alone. That's James 2 and 7, but 17. But 1 Corinthians tells us that we have diversities of gifts, but the same spirit, differences of administration, but the same Lord, diversities of operations. God has called us to do a work. So Paul says, I pray for you. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for God's revelation for, to you that you will know his will. I'm praying for your transformation that you won't just be educated, but you will be transformed. But then he says, I'm praying for your determination. I'm praying for your determination. Verse 11, he says, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness. Paul, if anybody could attest that the Christian journey was not going to be easy. In fact, he's writing this letter from prison. He knew, he also knew that the ability to be faithful to the call would not come from themselves, but only by the glorious power of God. Paul was a testimony. He, it was Paul who says we are pressed on every side, but not crushed, uh, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. It was Paul that cried out to God three times, Lord, please remove this thorn. And God says, I won't remove it, but let me tell you something. My grace is sufficient. So, so Paul knew something about long suffering. Paul knew something about having to have patience. And, and I want to say to you today, as we are going through this, this walk in life and this Christian journey, you got to have some determination. And it does not come in and of, uh, of yourself, but you've got to know that the power of God rests upon you. Because yes, there's going to be some days you're going to want to quit. There's going to be some days you will not want to come to class. There's going to be some days that you are not going to want to minister. You're not going to want to share the gospel. I don't want to even talk about the Bible. There's going to be some days if we can just be real. But Paul was saying, I'm praying for your determination, for your perseverance, that you will be strengthened by the power unto all patience and long suffering. Now, something I've learned, long suffering means to suffer long, right? That's as simple as it gets. Long suffering is to suffer long and there's going to be some times in your life I see you Dr. Tucker there's going to be some times in your life when you will have to suffer long but when we talk about patience we often think that patience means the ability to wait a long time but patience is more than just the ability to wait a long time. Patience involves the state of emotional calm while you wait. So it's not just being able to wait. Oh, I've got patience and I'm waiting on God, but you're worried, you're sick, you're disturbed, you're anxious, you can't sleep, you're upset, you're asking God why. That's not patience. Patience is the ability to be emotionally calm 
while you wait on God to work it out. And so here, Paul is saying, I'm praying. I'm praying for your determination that you will be strengthened by his glorious power, not in your own power. For when we are weak, he makes us strong unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness. That I can say that I'm waiting on the Lord. That everything, every trial that I go through, I know God is in control. Three things I know that God is real, God is faithful, and God is in control. And sometimes I have to remind myself as I am waiting and as I am suffering long, I have three things I hold on to. I know, God, I know you're real. God, I know that you are faithful, and I know that you are in control. Paul says, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for that God will reveal himself to you for your revelation. I'm praying for your transformation. I'm praying for your determination. But then lastly, he says, I'm praying that you would know your qualification. He says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. You see, you got to know who qualified you. Because there's going to be some times when you will feel inadequate. There's going to be some times you're going to feel like you are not prepared, that you don't know enough. I, you know, I, I, I came to seminary. Uh, I was told, uh, well, I couldn't go to seminary and for various reasons. And um, women weren't celebrated yet. And we didn't have the money. And I was at an event um, at uh, BGCT event speaking there. And Renee Marcel, Renee was there recruiting. He says, we have money. We need students. And God said, Wanda, that's your chance. So Renee leaves, he goes down, he, go, he goes to the table. I, well, I thought he went to the table. I darted out of that sanctuary and I got to the Truett table and I didn't see anybody. I was like, where's that man? Where's that man? They said, I think he went to the restroom. I waited outside the bathroom door <laughs> for Renee to come out. And he came out, I introduced myself. I said, I know I'm called to go to seminary. Within three months, I had gotten all my paperwork in and, and, and the rest is history. That's how God opened that door. And there were times when I didn't think that I could do it. There were times when I felt, yes, inadequate. There were times when I felt like I didn't belong. I remember Dr. Powell praying the prayer at the new, uh, new student orientation and he prayed for the call of God that was on these students lives that was the first time I recognized that what I wanted to do was more than just I want to go to seminary but God had a call on my life that was the first time I realized that you know what it didn't matter who said I couldn't preach and who said I couldn't do that or whatever that we didn't have the money well all of the obstacles I recognized God qualified me.
And that's what Paul is saying to us on today, what he was saying to the Colossians and what I'm saying to you today, that give thanks, we're giving thanks to the Father. Thank you, Lord, who has qualified us, not only in this call, but in this, in this call to be his own, in this being chosen to be partakers of the inheritance that we have through Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I don't know about you, but that's something to pray about. To thank God about to praise him for so Paul says I'm praying for you and just as Paul was praying for the Colossians I'm praying for you today I came here today to encourage you to strengthen you in the Lord to tell you you can make it to tell you to run on and see, as the old people say, see what the end's going to be. I came to encourage you and to pray for you. So yes, I'm praying that God will reveal himself as never before to you, making himself real and alive in your life. I'm praying that you will be transformed not come here to just be educated, but to truly experience God. I'm praying for your determination that when times get tough, as they will, and when it gets rough and hard, that you will be empowered by the Holy Spirit, that you will experience maybe long-suffering, but patience until you receive God's joy. And I am praying that you will be reminded of who has qualified you for this walk, who has chosen you and anointed you and appointed you to do good works. And remember, just as my grandmother prayed for me, and those prayers do not have an expiration date, the prayers that I pray for you and the prayers that Paul prayed for the Colossians, they too, do not expire. So Father, we thank you, we bless you, and we magnify you. We thank you for this word this morning. We thank you for these students that have answered the call to do a work for you. I pray for them right now, God, that you will continue to reveal yourself to them. Make yourself real, make yourself known, that they will be filled with the knowledge of your will, that they will understand your ways and your statutes. I pray for their transformation, that they will walk worthy of the Lord and please you in every way. God, I pray for their determination that as it gets hard, as it gets rough, when they want to give up, when they want to stop, that you will strengthen them that you will give them patience and long suffering and God renew their strength give them joy everlasting help them to remember oh God that you qualified them you called them you chose them anointed them appointed them for such a time as this give them boldness of spirit confidence in you Cover them, protect them, shield them. God, I pray that you would remind them that the prayers that others have prayed for them, 
And the prayer that I'm praying even now will continue to live on to strengthen them in every way. May you get the glory out of their lives and their ministry. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.